Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray For You. You'll notice, yes, that I am in a new location. This is actually my uh, bedroom computer. Kristen's back at her house. And we certainly hope you guys are doing well. Sorry that we're a day or two late this week, but um, Kristen and I have been busy trying to buy a house for ourselves, and things are just, you know, very busy in a good way. Certainly not not complaining, but anyway, that's why we did we're doing this tonight into the Sunday. And kind of on that theme, right, since Krista and I are getting married soon, we've been thinking a lot, again, about how our relationship with each other is supposed to mirror that of our relationship with God and vice versa. And I've been thinking a lot about the verse, or I should say verses in the Bible, plural, where the body of believers is described as the bride of Christ, right? And it's kind of a weird description because if you think about it, like, well, you don't have to think about it much because bride is a very feminine word, right? And so we we probably, especially the men, we don't like to think of ourselves as a bride of Christ. It's just That just sounds strange. But it's important because it explains the sort of relationship we're supposed to have with God. And relationship is the key word here, okay? You've heard me do a message before about how God is not a police officer. And I think too often, too many times, too many people have this idea that God just exists you know, to enforce all of these rules in the Bible or something. And that's that's not really someone you have a relationship with. That's someone who you just are sort of subjected to. And maybe perhaps we think of God as being distant. Now, you've heard me talk about how, you know, some religions, even some Christian sects, uh, put a lot of artificial barriers between us and, and, and God. You know, it's like you can't go to God directly. You have to go through some priest who goes through some bishop who goes through some archbishop, whatever, to get to the Pope or whatever that's about. Okay. It's not that at all. God is not there to be a police officer. He's not there to be distant. He's there because he wants intimacy with you. Now, when we talk about that in modern terms, that sounds even weirder because we tend to associate intimacy with sexuality and at least to some extent in in obviously the marital relationship that's there. Uh, but I think that gets sort of misinterpreted. For example, the Bible talks about how a husband and wife are supposed to become one flesh, right? It talks about the two becoming one flesh, and we think of that in sexual terms. But I think it really has more to do with spiritual terms. And if you read in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's in chapter 6, Paul talks about this a lot, where he actually says, Whoever is united with God is united with him in spirit. So the two are really becoming one spirit. And that's why he says actually the sexual sins are the worst, because then you're actually, your body is being joined with God. And now you're joining God's body. For example, the, the example he uses is with a prostitute. And that's not what it's supposed to be. And so when we talk about intimacy, we talk about being the bride of Christ. Obviously, we're not talking about all of us being females. And we're not talking about a sort of sexual intimacy, but something 
that's even deeper than that, really. Okay. The Bible describes it as we have to abide in Christ and Christ in us. Okay. In other words, God actually living inside of us. Like any good relationship, it can't survive without that level of intimacy. And I'm going to suggest to you three other things. And this is, listen, I'm doing this because these are sort of things that Kristen and I have talked about in the context of our marriage. Okay. So number one, obviously you need to have uh, an exclusive level of intimacy. It's just a, a space that nobody else can penetrate. It's just it's just you and the other person. And in fact, the beauty of, of marriage is it's not just two people uniting. It's really three people. You know, the two are becoming one flesh tr- true, but then you're also becoming one with God. And so it's really, it's, it's really a quarter of three strands, as Christian likes to say. So number one, you need that sort of intimacy, that sort of, that sort of interpersonal knowledge of, of just the, at the deepest levels. Okay. That's number one. But number two, you can't have a part-time marriage. And so you can't also have a part-time relationship with God. One of the assurances I had to give Kristen um, as, as we approach marriage is I told, I told Kristen, you're not, my goal with you is you're not going to be a part-time wife. And those of you who know the show know that Kristen and I uh, don't live that close to each other. We live about you know, an hour and 10 minutes away, or as a certain somebody who you and I know, we live about 50 minutes away, depending, <laughs> depending on who's driving, right? For me, it's an hour and 10 minutes. For someone else, it's about 50 minutes, which is kind of strange. But the point is, we don't, we don't live that close to each other. And so we only get to see each other a couple times a week. I mean, you know, we FaceTime every night, but in terms of actually being together, you know, we only get to get to spend usually weekends together and then maybe an hour or so on FaceTime every night. And you can run into a trap of of feeling like you just have to allocate certain time to, to, to your partner. And yes, you should allocate time to that person, definitely. But that relationship needs to be full time. OK, and so when Kristen and I were talking about getting married, I had to tell her, Kristen, you're not going to be my part-time wife, even though we only get to see each other a couple of days of the week. Now, obviously, when we're living together, it's going to be different because marriage, you can't join together as one flesh and one spirit and then and then separate. It doesn't work that way. And it's the same thing with God. You can't have a part-time relationship with God. Either he's abiding in you and you in him, or you're not. You can't go into and out of it like that. Okay. In fact, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And it doesn't mean that every two seconds you're on your knees on your floor, okay, or in your prayer closet, uh, speaking in tongues or something. But it means you have this ongoing sort of almost like an open, an open conduit between you and God, that there's no separation ever between the two of you, that he's, he's governing pretty much everything you do and you, and you want him to, you know, Chris and I, we just bought our house. We're hoping to move into it in March and we have to we have to decorate it. We have to pick out furniture and artwork and things like that. We even involve God in that sort of decision making, you know, and, and I think a lot of times we think, well, we don't want to bother God or something like that or he wouldn't care about that. It's not a bother to him. He wants to be involved in every one of our, you know, every element of our life. It doesn't mean that when I go to the bathroom, I ask God, shall I brush my teeth with my left hand or my right? But, you know, just in terms of of just you know, your day-to-day things. I ask, you know, there's nothing, God help us find great furniture. Why not? I ask God to help find us a great house. And so I involve him in stuff like that. And the idea is by doing things like that, we commit to having a full-time relationship with God. So in addition, that that builds up on the intimacy thing, right? So intimacy is, is you abiding in God, God abiding in you, opening yourself up so that God has 
you know, access just to the deepest parts of your, of, of your soul. And part of that is having a full-time relationship with him. I'm going to name two other things real quick. In a, in a marriage, you cannot have adultery. It does not work. That should go without saying, but not just, you know, the physical kind of adultery, even, you know, the adultery of the, of the eyes, the adultery of the mind. And I know for a lot of men that, and women too, actually, you know, Kristen, you point this out a lot. It's, we think of it in terms of men, but you know, plenty of women who have said some pretty vulgar stuff to you and I as well. Uh, and it, no marriage is going to last that way. And you think, well, how do you commit adultery with God? Well, it's it's a slightly different word with God, but it's basically the same thing, and that's idolatry. It's it's putting something above God. Instead of keeping your focus on God, you, your eyes go to something else. Like, yeah, I love God. I love him a lot. Oh, but you know what? I also I, I also would really love if I had that new car, or I really love my clothes, or I really love my jewelry, I really love my job, or anything. There's nothing wrong with enjoying those things, but the moment they're more important than God, you're making an idol out of it. And so just as you can't have adultery in your relationship with your husband or wife, you can't have idolatry in your relationship with God. And lastly, I'm going to add this. All good relationships, all good relationships are dependent on open lines of communication and constant communication. Because, you know, just as Kristen and I both speak the same language, there are times where we're having a conversation and we just have, I don't want to say difficulty, but it's just we're coming from two different places a lot of times. And even though we're on the same page, it's sometimes hard for the other person to see it or for both people to see it. And so we rely very much on the Holy Spirit guiding our communication with each other. Well, it's no different with God. You have to be communicating with him. And I don't mean, you know, you say things like that and people think you're some kind of mystic and you're talking about psychic powers or some nonsense like that. And that's not what I mean at all. Actually, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as speaking to you just in terms of groanings and, and gentle tuggings and things like that. Okay. But there's no substitute for communicating with God. That means praying. That means, you know, reading the Bible because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word. And so it's not just talking to God and asking him. It's also listening to him. Okay. And that's how you, that's how you do it. And it, without that, you really can't have the lines of communication that you need with God, which is something that should be occurring on a daily basis. And without that, then you can't have the relationship with God. And then if you don't have the relationship, it just becomes impersonal. It becomes a religion. It just becomes a bunch of rules and, and procedures. It's, it's like, it's like you're all of a sudden having like a lawyer judge relationship with God or something. And it's just like, you know, your Bible becomes like the rules of court or something. And you say, okay, how, what do I do now to get God's attention? Let me see. What, what does this passage say or something? That's not it at all, guys. That's not it at all. The point of being the bride of Christ is that God wants to have that level of intimacy with you, a full-time relationship, one that's just exclusive to the two of you, and one that's about open lines of communication. And when you begin to understand that, you'll, you know, you begin to understand that God is not there to impose rules on you because, you know, he, he's more powerful than you and he wants to subjugate you and he doesn't want to be distant from you. He wants to be your best friend and he wants to have the kind of sort of perfect marriage with you that, that most of us dream about having with our spouses. Okay. So guys, that's my message for you today. And I hope it made sense. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing, Chris, and I know we talk about a lot with the relationship series and it's the sort of thing that you can kind of peel off one layer and there's a hundred other layers beneath it. 
but I think it's at least a good sort of opening primer. And you know, we've done like 30 other episodes in the relationship series that, to kind of explain that this is what God wants of you. It's not, he, he doesn't want to dominate or control you. That's the opposite that he actually wants to liberate you and, and have a relationship with you. Oh, so good. So good. I, there's just so many things going through my head as, as you're talking about all this. It's just like so many, I wish you could see inside my brain right now, so many diagrams and just like millions of things I want to say. So I'll try to condense it. But first of all, I really love how you addressed, um, especially for the guys being the bride of Christ. Cause I've always thought that I thought for me, it's, it's amazing to think of being the bride of Christ. I mean, it was always growing up, Oh, being the bride of Christ. And for all the women, that's like the coolest thing ever for the guys. It's like, how do I fit into that? So I love how you pointed out the reason that the church is the bride of Christ. The reason that we as individuals are the bride of Christ is to take on that role of being protected by the Lord. Um, the Lord is our shepherd, being going under his covering. And as you pointed out, it is that partnership. It's a very cool thing because God wants a partnership with us. He doesn't want to lord over us, but he is lord of all. So he wants to bring us under his covering. And um, so I, I love how you just kind of pointed that out because it's really really important to to continue to develop that concept. Uh, two things I wanted to to say as you were as you were talking. When Jordan said that we are moving in in March, of course he means uh, getting our stuff moved in, being on the subject of what we were just talking about. We're not going to move in together before we get married. Just just saying that for any of our listeners. Um, but uh, you know, just getting everything all ready. Just wanted to clarify that. And also, um, when you talked about the the sexual sins, um, I did want to point out, um, you know, in, in a statistically, uh, just in, in a setting like this with our listeners, um, I know there are people as as you know, every person has. We have all sinned in one way or another, and I just want um, anybody who may have fallen into that category of a sexual sin, whether it's something that had, you know, I mean, there's a number of things from just lust of the eyes to um, everything and, and anything in between. And I just wanted to point out that God, there's no shame and there's no condemnation. And um, it is important, however, um, you know, you, you do create a bond uh, in, in those things. So it's very important, even if it's uh, an online kind of thing, no matter what it is, and this could be a whole nother sermon, but it is very important um, for your sake to definitely not only repent, um, but also make sure, you know, when you're repenting to break that bond, because God wants to give you freedom. God wants to give you freedom. You are not under shame. You are not under that, but um, you do want to break that bond. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, and then like Jordan said about being the bride of Christ, being one with Christ. Something else we've talked about is grieving the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. The more and more you are in with the Holy Spirit, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of teach you and guide you and have that open line of communication. There will be things that if you are at a place, um, I remember this as a teenager, uh, going to a friend's house and people started to watch a movie. And I would say, I'm just not comfortable with that. I felt the Holy Spirit be like, this is not good. This is not something I want to be involved in, nothing I want to watch. And I, I left that party, which for me to leave a party is 
uh, tragic, but um, I'm such a social person. And, you know, my friends weren't bad people or uh, whatever, but, you know, whatever it means to you, the more and more you listen to that prompting, that voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, you think peer pressure ends when you're in grammar school or high school, but really in adulthood, it's prevalent. And I think sometimes even more, uh, depending on your career or whatever. So the point is to definitely make sure that you're listening to that voice because you don't want to break that bond. You don't have anything in between you um, and you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. So lots more to think about, but I just wanted to point out some of those things too. Yeah, good job. Absolutely. Thanks for building off. That's really good. Absolutely. So anyway, um, would you be good enough to uh, pray for everybody here? And then you have the other two that were added to your list, Viviana and uh, Benjamin. Um, why don't you also add our friend Nicole to that and then uh, the family of the, the judge I told you about who died today? Yeah. Well, first of all, Lord, I just pray for all of us to really understand. And, you know, it, in our human finite minds, it's difficult to really conceptualize uh, what it means to be the bride of Christ. But all I know is that it is just beyond our understanding. And you, Lord, the fact that you would want us as your bride, the fact that you adorn us, the fact it says in your word, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so I will rejoice over you. You are a royal deity in the hand of the Lord your God. Um, you will be married. Your land will be married. And it talks about all the things. And the very story of Ruth and Boaz, Lord, is um, you know the Kingsman Redeemer, Lord, how you redeemed us and how you uh, just took us out of while we were still sinners. You died for us. And it's just amazing, God, that we, um, for all the ladies, just thinking about being your beautiful bride just overwhelms us, really. And for all the gentlemen, thinking about being taken care of and um, you filling their needs, God. And and, uh, I pray that you would just open our minds to um, how you are our protector and provider and redeemer and everything that we've ever needed, God is in your hand. I pray that we would, any anything that has separated us, we don't want to even have the smallest separation from you, God. So I pray whatever is causing a gap in all of our lives, Lord, that you would just seal and close that gap before we are sealed in you. We, we are royalty and we are betrothed to you. And that is a really amazing thing. And someday you're coming back and we're going to have the greatest rehearsal dinner ever. We're going to have the greatest wedding ever um, and the supper of the lamb. And it's just going to be just beyond what (laughs) our minds can even conceptualize. God, help us to find our place in you and find our identity and walk out that identity. In Jesus' name. And now we pray for these people, God. We pray for Benjamin and his um, orphan orphanage um, in, in his land. Lord, we pray also for um, Vivian, uh, Viviana and her health, God. We pray for um, Nicole, Lord, that our friend Nicole, that you would touch her from head to toe and her body would line up with the will of God. And um, she would just have an amazing testimony. We pray for uh, the judge's family, the judge that passed away that we know, we pray for that whole family, God, that you would just cover them and give them beauty for ashes and just cover them with your grace and your love and your peace that passes all understanding. Those are the times when your peace passes all understanding. We pray for Annie and the orphans, Lord, that um, she she's taken care of. We pray for Purvaz and the uh, situation in Pakistan. 
uh, with, with young girls, um, you know, Lord, we pray that you protect those girls, Lord, and we pray for your complete, just complete, uh, Lord, you are the rescuer. Um, I pray that you rescue every single one of them, uh, from, for Nyack's ministry, God, I pray that you just bring it to bigger influence and impact for any debts. Lord, you settle debts. Lord, you settled our debt on the cross. So I pray you settle his debt. Mulchan, we just ask for prayer. God, we pray for Mulchan and his family. Agnes, I pray you give her peace. Again, peace that passes understanding to guard her heart and her mind and her family. Lord, I pray that Agnes can breathe deeply and have no fear or anxiety. Um, and uh, for Zaka's son, Lord, I pray for completion and, and complete healing for him. And for Juanita, our, our great listener friend, Lord, I pray that whatever emergency she's going through, God, that you would heal her heart and her mind and um, you would deliver and again, show up, God, as only you show up and rescue. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Another great job by you, as always. Thank you. You too. All right. So do you want to just uh, close out everybody and uh, lead in the call to salvation? Absolutely. On our last video, we had uh, somebody ask if, if we speak Arabic. We do not speak Arabic, but I do have friends who are Syrian. And um, so I do know, I may be saying it wrong, but I know shukran means thank you. And I do know Yeshua Behebek, I believe, means Jesus loves you. So I think I said that correctly. So that's for all also, of our Arabic. A lot of people Arabic. think you're Middle Eastern for some reason. Yes, I get that a lot. So, so there you go. <laughs> But that's the extensive Arabic for now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the perfect time to do that. Uh, we would love to lead you in that call to salvation. Like we talked about, you can enter the greatest marriage of all time. And um, if you did at one point and you've kind of gone away, this is your opportunity. God is like beckoning you. He's wooing you to himself. So answer that call. So just follow after me. Dear Jesus. I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. Please uh, comment on the video because we just love to be encouraged by that. And we'd love to help you get started in your faith. Absolutely. All right, guys, listen, thanks for joining us. Soon enough, as Kristen kind of alluded to, we'll be able to just do these live from uh, our house instead of doing it on this software. And I know that uh, it can be kind of frustrating sometimes because, um, you know, a lot of times the frame rate is a little bit weird, but just bear with us and eventually this will get worked out and uh, we won't be on split screens. And I know Kristen and I very much look forward to that day, don't we? Absolutely. It's coming soon. The countdown has begun. All right, guys, listen, uh, hope you guys are doing well. So uh, we'll see you next time. Um, I don't know what we'll do as far as the next uh, series goes. Maybe we'll stay with this and maybe do something else. But anyway, so we'll see you next time, probably next week. In the meantime, as always, guys, thanks for watching and uh, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.